Welcome to Precepts of Faith, and this is Conrad DeFries, and Romans 10:17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The title of the Bible lesson today is The Holy Spirit Within. Once a person is born again, receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, then the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, comes to live with you and dwell in you forever from then on. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. These are the three persons of the Trinity, the three persons of, uh, uh, that are working together as God. Um, of course, we know the Father, the Word. Uh, we now know him as Jesus Christ. Um, but in all eternity past, he's known as the Word. Um, in the book of John, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. You know, before he became Jesus, in the beginning, in the dateless past, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. One of his names, he is called the Word of God. And then the third person is the Holy Ghost, or we say sometimes the Holy Spirit. There is no difference between Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit. There were two groups of translators when the King James Version of the Bible was translated. Half of them wanted to interpret it Holy Ghost. Half of them wanted to interpret it Holy Spirit. So they agreed to part of the time interpret it one way and another time interpret it another way. But just as the Father is a literal person, the Word or Jesus Christ is a literal person, the Holy Spirit is a literal person. He has personal pronouns described to him, like he, um, himself. Um, he has feelings. He can be grieved. Um, he, can, he has a spiritual body. Um, he is every in every way a person. Um, he is omnipotent, that is, he's all-powerful. He is omniscient, that is, he is all-knowing, and he is omnipresent, um, that is, his presence can be felt everywhere, <clears throat> but he himself is a person. And that's why Jesus said, it's needful for you that I go away, um, for if I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will not come. But if I go away, I'll send you another Comforter, one like unto Jesus, that he may be with you and abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit um, is here on the earth um, with us um, all of the time. Um, he is the one that, that is the agent um, when a person is born again. Um, in the book of John, chapter 3 and verse 6, um, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When a person receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are born again in their spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray God your whole spirit and soul 
and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are one person, but you are a three-part being. You are a spirit being. You have a soul, and you live in a body. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. That part, you are 100% in charge of or in control of, or if you're not, you should be. God will not control your soul. He will not control your mind, will, and emotions, but the devil would like to. But it is really our responsibility. That's the part of us, our body and our soul, that we are in control of. Bring every thought into captivity. Cast down imaginations. Gird up the loins or gird up the feelings and emotions of your life with the Word of God. So you are a spirit being. You have a soul. And you live in a body. God is a spirit. All three of them, each of them, have a spiritual body. God is a spirit being with three separate persons. And spirit communicates with spirit. Spirit doesn't communicate with your mind. He doesn't communicate with your body. But when he talks to you, he will talk spirit to spirit. It is important, of course, to be born again, first of all, and it's important to learn to be sensitive to and listen to the Holy Spirit that is with you and in you. We're going to look at that in the Word of God, because when God is talking to you, a lot of people are going by human emotions, they're going by human feelings, and so on. But the the Bible tells us in the book of James, receive the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. A lot of people having emotional difficulties, um, they just need to get a good dose of getting their soul saved. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is born again. um, But then... If you will receive the Word of God and let it get engrafted and get down on the inside and get rooted in the Word of God, then it will deliver you from wrong kinds of emotions and wrong kinds of feelings. Feelings, excuse me, feelings or emotions follow thoughts. If you don't like the way you feel, then change what you're thinking. But you and I are in control, or we should be in control, of what we think. And so we can be in control of our feelings. And so also now in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12 and verse 13, the first part of that verse says, For by one Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, by one Spirit, are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be bond or free, whether we be Jew or Greek, we're all made to drink of the same Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. So you can, you can be baptized in water, you can be baptized in oil, 
You could be baptized in rice. You could be baptized in all kinds of things. And, but when you get born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes you, immerses you totally into the body of Christ. Um, so the Holy Spirit um, is the agent. Uh, he is the one doing the work um, to baptize or to bring a person into um, the body of Christ. Um, the Holy Spirit, he said when he has come, um, that he will be uh, a comforter unto us, um, and the Holy Spirit is within. Um, in the book of John, um, chapter 14 and verse 16, he says, um, And I will pray the Father, <clears throat> and he will he shall give you another comforter um, that he may abide with you forever. Can you understand that once you're born again, the Holy Spirit, uh, the person, uh, the third person of the Godhead, he said he shall abide with you forever? Um, I mean, how close can you get to God? You have the third person of God with you once you're born again, uh, whether you feel him or, or aware that he is there, he is there with you forever. The word comforter has a seven-fold meaning. Uh, of course, it means comforter. Um, it means counselor, um, helper, um, strengthener, um, advocate, uh, standby, and intercessor. You're never alone once you're born again. You have the third person of the Godhead with you. He will comfort you. He will help you. Um, I say very often, I have a helper. Um, do, do you ever hear people say sometimes, well, if I just had a little help, um, then I think I could do such and such. Um, well, praise God, you're never without a helper once you're born again. Um, you have the Holy Spirit with you, and he never leaves you. He said he shall be with you um, for ever he is always there in the book of john chapter 14 in verse 17 he says even the spirit of truth talking about the holy spirit whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him he says, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Praise God. He's not only coming along with you, but he's connected with you. He shall be with you and he shall be in you. Praise God. You have him as a comforter. You have him as a helper. You just need to acknowledge him, believe him, receive him, yield to him. In the book of John, chapter 14, in verse 26, um, But the Comforter, um, which is the Holy Ghost, um, whom the Father will send in my name, uh, he shall teach you all things um, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Um, now, we do have Bible teachers, and we have ministry teachers, and so forth. Um, praise God for those, but really, the ultimate teacher that's going to open it up even to them is the Holy Spirit. Um, 
you can hear people teaching, and, and they can be wonderful teachers, and, but to understand it the way God wants you to understand it, even what they are teaching must be opened and revealed and, and illuminated to you by the Holy Spirit. In the book of John, chapter 16 and verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. Don't, don't we need a guide? Don't we need someone to show us the way? He will guide you into all truth, and he shall not speak of himself, but he shall, he shall whatever he hears, that shall he speak, and he will take the things of mine, that is the things of Jesus Christ, and show them unto you. I call the Holy Spirit the executor of the will. When someone, as long as someone's alive and they have a will, no one gets to inherit what's in the will. But once they die, then the will goes into effect. When Jesus died, then his will, the New Testament in his blood, went into effect. And the Holy Spirit is here as the executor of that will to see that it gets carried out. Verse 14 there, that is in John chapter 16, we read verse 13. Now verse 14, and he shall glorify me. That's talking about Jesus. That's Jesus speaking there. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He's going to take the things of Jesus and and reveal them unto us. Verse 15, all things um, that the Father hath um, are mine, uh, and he shall take the things of mine um, and shall show them um, unto you. Uh, so what the Father has belongs to the Son. What the Son has, the Holy Spirit is going to take and reveal it unto us. Um, praise God. We have the Holy Spirit with us all uh, of the time. He is going to reveal Christ. It's, it's, it's revealing him in salvation. He is the one that sets the overseers in the church, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the flock of God. He is the one that anoints people to carry out the ministry of Jesus um, upon the earth. The Holy Spirit is the one that we must uh, reckon with, that when he is our guide, he's our teacher, he's our helper. In the book of Romans, chapter 8 and verse 26, um, likewise the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, um, also helpeth our infirmities, um, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, um, but he, or actually it says itself, himself, um, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I want to look at the word helpeth there. He says, likewise the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, also helpeth um, our infirmities, um, our weaknesses, our difficulties. Um, uh, the word helpeth means to take hold uh, together with um, against. That is a tremendous word there. That means the Holy Spirit, when you've got difficulties and weaknesses and battles that you're fighting, 
the Holy Spirit takes hold with you against the things that are coming against you. He takes hold together with against. He takes hold together with you. Sometimes when I'm praying for people, I'm praying, but I don't sense the Holy Spirit taking hold with me. But sometimes when I'm praying for people, I know it takes the Holy Spirit to do the work of God. Not I cannot do anything without him. But when I sense him taking hold with me, then I know things are going to move. Things are going to change. In the book of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 18, Jesus speaking here, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And he goes on to tell all the things that the Holy Spirit has anointed him to do. Well, every believer today is in the body of Christ, and you're a member of his body. And so you are being anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. In Ephesians 4.11, he says he gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, some for the perfecting, the King James says. Actually, that's the maturing of the saints to do the work of the ministry. A lot of people think, well, the evangelist is supposed to get the people saved, and the pastor is supposed to take care of the flock, and the teacher is supposed to teach the people the word, and I'm just going to sit here and listen. Well, actually, literally, the Holy Spirit has told us in the book of Ephesians there that these five ministries are to help to mature the saints so the saints, the body of Christ, can do the work of the ministry. That is what they are there for. And that includes even the evangelist. The evangelist is not just the one to go out and win souls. The evangelist is to equip the members of the body of Christ so they can be equipped to be soul winners. Amen? So it's not just a few ministers in the body of Christ, but they are to equip, to help to develop, to mature the believers, the members of the body of Christ, so that they can do the work of the ministry. In the book of John, chapter 7, verse 38, he said, He that believeth on me, that is, uh, we're not talking about speaking in tongues now. We're just talking about being born again. And, and I want to mention before this verse, the Holy Spirit has a twofold um, ministry upon the earth today. The Spirit within a person and the Spirit upon a person. The Spirit upon is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's speaking in other tongues. It's laying hands on people. It's preaching. It's teaching. It's ministering the gifts of the Spirit, the, the flowing out to other people, the ministering of the Holy Spirit upon you to flow out to other people. That's one phase that the Holy Spirit is doing today. But in this particular message and lesson, we're, we're totally talking about the Holy Spirit within. He, he is with you. He baptizes you into the body of Christ. Um, he, he guides you. He teaches you. He takes hold together with you against the enemy. Uh, 
He is there to bring, take the things of Christ and reveal them unto you. Um, he is a constant companion, and he says he shall be with you, and he shall be in you, um, and he says he will never leave you. Um, so in John chapter 7, verse 38, he that believeth, that is a believer, a Christian, a born-again person today, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. One translation says it is a continual rivers bubbling up and flowing out of the believer. If he's not flowing out of you with rivers of living water, then just look to him and learn how to unstop that well. You have this great source of rivers of living water on the inside of you in your born-again human spirit. In John chapter 4 and verse 13, Jesus was, had been walking and came up to a well, and a woman came up to draw water. And Jesus asked her to draw him some water. And she said, but the well is deep, and you have nothing to draw with. So in John chapter 4 and verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Verse 14, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the waters that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. When you received Jesus and got born again, the Holy Spirit came to dwell with you and to dwell in you, and you have a well on the inside of you, whether you know it, whether you, whether you enjoy it, um, whether you've learned to partake of it, um, it's there all the time. Some people have had a house or a farm, uh, and it had a gold mine under it, but they didn't know it. They didn't enjoy the benefits of that gold mine. Well, when you're born again, you have a well, Jesus says, on the inside of you springing up that you will what? Never thirst again. It is God's plan for you to drink of that water of life by the Holy Spirit that is with you and never leaves you nor forsakes you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Know ye not that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God is dwelling with you? In the book of first in book of Second Corinthians, chapter four, in verse seven, he says, But you have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not uh, of us. Um, we have a treasure on the inside of us. 
It never leaves us. Some people say, well, I just want to get close to God. Well, just get born again. Because when you get born again, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, comes to be with you and to be in you, and he never leaves you. And Jesus said, it will be a well um, of living water springing and bubbling up uh, that will always be there that you will never thirst. Um, isn't that wonderful? In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord um, and in the power of his might. Um, I want to look at that in the Amplified Bible, in the classic Amplified. Um, it says, um, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength um, from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Learn to draw water out of the well that's on the inside of you. Now, it's a blessing to draw out of someone else's well. It's a blessing to eat out of someone else's garden, and we, we do that. We are members one of another. Um, we share different rivers and different anointings of different ones. Um, we don't all have all the rivers, um, but different ones have different rivers, but they're all by the Holy Spirit. Um, but learn to draw your strength um, from him uh, who is on the inside of you, and you are connected to him. In the book of John, chapter 15 and verse 5, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. The branch is what bears the fruit. Ephesians, I mean, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so on. Where is the fruit bearing? Where does it take place? It takes place on the branch. Really, that word is capitalized there, the fruit of the Spirit, but it's the translators that capitalized it. It was not capitalized in the original language. I believe the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit that's coming on the branch, which is your born-again human spirit, and that branch is connected to the vine, and the, the life that's in the vine is coming out into the branch. You have the same life in you that Jesus has in him. He said, I am come that you might have life. Jesus did not only come to let you be forgiven, but he came to let you be born again and to have the life of God on the inside of you and I. He said, I am come that you might have zoe, that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. So the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He never is going to leave you, whether you feel him or not. Um, 
you have a well, a treasure in an earthen vessel, well springing up, bubbling up on the inside of you. Jesus said, um, if, if you learn how to drink of that water out of that well, he said, you will never thirst. But it'll be a well springing up um, and bubbling up on the inside of you. Now, this we've been talking about is the Holy Spirit within the life of a believer. In another lesson sometime, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit upon. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. You shall be witnesses. Um, you, you'll go about doing the works of Jesus. The rivers will flow out onto other people. People will get saved. You, you will be anointed to do the works of Jesus. But this lesson today is strictly talking about God with you once you're born again. The Holy Spirit is with you. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit's not going to talk about himself, but he's going to take the things of Christ and, and show them unto you and unto us. As we come to a close in the book of Mark, chapter 9 and verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth them.